0: Hi there, and welcome to One Body, One Life, proudly sponsored by Jamae's Fine Foods. I'm Vicki Nguyen, and I'm on a personal mission to live to 120, and I would absolutely love to take you on this journey with me. This show is focused on longevity and understanding how we can all live longer and stronger through diet, exercise, lifestyle, nutrition, and so on. Each episode, we will uncover tips and tricks to living your healthiest and happiest life for as long as physically possible. I'll be chatting to the experts as well as people who have defied the odds and explore various treatments and modalities to help us all reach optimal wellness. So in today's episode, I interview the one and only Dean Gladstone, who most people will know and recognise from Bondi Rescue. So Dean is not only a lifeguard, he's a former national gold medalist in swimming and surf life-saving. He's also a qualified and practising personal trainer, Wim Hof instructor, yoga instructor and holistic health coach. Dean has a strong passion and awareness around the benefits of improving diet, hydration and nutrition, mindset and goal setting, mobility and movement. So today I'm super excited to welcome Dean to the show to discuss the power of the breath. Welcome to the show, Dean.
1: Thank you, Vicky. How are you? I'm good. It's an honor. It's all, yeah, it's funny listening to um, (laughs) that intro, you know, um, as you get older, you sort of get across a couple of things and um, yeah, that covers it pretty well. That is you.
0: That is awesome. So, I have to tell you, I've actually got a 17 year old son who's a massive fan, who's, who was a massive fan of yours um, when Bondi rescued, like back in the day when it was, you know, he was, I don't know, it was probably about four or five years ago now. And um, we actually took him to Bondi to, to try and grab a photo with you, but it must have been your day off that day. So, we missed out and he settled for um, some photos with the other lifeguards instead. So, um, yeah, funny story. But this podcast basically is all about. You know that
1: old saying, if I had a dollar for every photo? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I Can imagine, I can imagine. Wow! So are you are you still on Bonjour Rescue?
1: So yeah, last year in the last fifteen months, I've taken a career break from lifeguarding to focus solely on health and fitness. Awesome! And in that time, I I, uh, I wanted to set myself a little goal that, that scared the pants off me. Okay. And that was to climb a mountain with Wim Hof in Poland in Borscht.
0: Amazing.
1: Um. Yeah, so that was sort of part of my breath journey and sort of part of where I am today. But um, yeah, I wanted to set something that sort of, that scared me.
0: Of course. Well, if that doesn't scare anyone, I don't know what else would. It's petrifying. I mean, just the thought of being at altitude and in the freezing cold. Um, So yeah, I guess that's the reason, one of the reasons why I want to talk to you today is because this podcast, One Body, One Life,
1: is super popular this. Um, Wim Hof stuff and this focus on breath at the moment and it's um, you know it's something I've been aware of for a very long time and it's amazing to see everyone connecting with it.
0: That's brilliant I mean breath is life right so um, that's right and and this podcast is all about helping promote longevity but I guess that in your job um, when you were lifeguarding it was literally about saving people's lives and sometimes even bringing them back to
1: life. Yeah, it certainly was and is, and you know, in uh, as as a lifeguard and even, even as a health coach now, I feel like I'm sort of helping people's lives and saving their lives, um, just in a different way. But I look forward to be doing a little bit of lifeguarding this summer back on the beach. And um, yeah, amazingly, like Bondi Rescue, like should. Could be going again for season fifteen, which is scary. You should see, see how young I look in the first, in the first year.
0: (laughs) You're still young. It's all the breath work that you're doing, keeping you looking youthful.
1: I'm sure. (laughs) So, so obviously, I keep the young guys on their toes at work. Actually, I'm sure you do. Always give them a little touch up in the fitness test. Me and me and Harry's one of the other elder statesmen. We sort of. Um, yeah, we like to, uh, we like to play hard.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. So obviously, I mean, as a, a lifeguard, you would have probably lost count of how many times you've resuscitated someone.
1: It'd be somewhere between 15 to 20 If if I sat down with a couple of the guys and we sort of nutted them out and, and wrote them down. I would def- I definitely remember them all. Yeah. It is, it is a crazy, wow. um, Rush, there is nothing like it in the world. Um,
0: well, you're seeing someone on the someone. precipice, right? It's um, in such a vulnerable yeah. situation. So, obviously, breath is life, and yeah, I mean,
1: breath is life, and you know, giving people mouth to mouth. I remember giving a um. A guy mouth to mouth who was very drunk one day, oh, gosh. Um, who had drowned in the surf, and I literally pulled him out by the hair. And um, wow, um, yeah, you know, most of the most of the mouth to mouth I've done is we use use masks wherever possible. Yes, but there has been a few occasions where I've literally had to do the uh, old mouth to mouth. And um, goodness, yeah, I was <sighs> there once. Once he was all right, I was very angry with him. Yeah, I can you um, imagine? But very pleased at the same time. Yeah, well, it's, um, that he was alive for well, me to be angry at him.
0: C- completely responsible. I mean, obviously,
1: personal safety yeah. is
0: the most important thing in ensuring one's longevity, right?
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, that, that's a rare occasion that I um, do get angry at people because, you know, I do appreciate my job is to help people. And yeah. actually, Vicky, that's one of the things I am really grateful for as I, you know, as I reflect on my years of lifeguarding, you know, I started doing it to work on the beach and in the sun and because I thought it was cool. Yes. And then as I got into it a little bit further, I realised that this giving back had had a little bit more to it, and the ability to help people is just a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, it's pretty privileged to do that then, and you know, still do that now in my breath coaching, my teaching yoga, my personal training, my all what I do is, is all helping people. So, um, yeah, I feel pretty glad.
0: You are. It's such a privilege to be in that situation mm. where you can give back and, and teach people. Um, so, obviously, I mean, with, with Wim Hof, is that something that's a, a new thing for you?
1: Yeah, I'm a bit of a long story. It's sort of I come across, um, in a couple of ways, but I, I had a pretty nasty accident in Bali in 2014 where one of my toes was actually ripped off. Oh, um, nasty. I don't know if you want me to send you the photo for, the, <laughs> <to> the, <laughs> Go for on. the show notes. Yes, send it. But I certainly can do that. They're quite graphic, so, um, yeah, please be warned in advance. Wow. Um, and it looked like what my pinky toe wasn't going to survive goodness um so i was in a third world country basically doing some research on the internet and i ended up finding some pretty good research on cold therapy or cold thermogenesis from dr jack cruz right and yeah i started ice buffing. i hadn't heard of women at this stage and i didn't really like it but i, I, I knew it was good for me um a combination of meditation and, and all sorts of health practices that i that i um include in my life my, my toe survive wow um, so was so it yeah um,
0: so you had to basically immerse the toe in freezing cold no i
1: didn't put the toe in i had the rest of my body in and my my foot out wow but the uh, the anti-inflammatory effects of the the cold water or ice water are are really well-known, and I believe that that played a big part in my recovery.
0: Amazing. What a story. Yeah, And, and that's what led you to to Wim Hof? Well, it,
1: you know, it sort of, I think it come around in, in a couple of ways. It, it come across my, um, you know, my health podcast that I was listening to. I think Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and yeah. Dave Asprey, you know, and it, it just kept popping up. And I used to have really cold hands in the winter. I used to get a little bit embarrassed when I'd shake someone's hand. Yes. And, um, you know, I started, you know, doing some research and this stuff started coming up. And, you know, Wim has control over his body and his vascular system that other people just don't yeah. realise they have or don't have through through lack of training. So, um, yeah, I was surprised and impressed and that this was trainable and I, and I wanted to do it. Amazing. So I... Um, so I did it. I bought his 10-week course and just started doing it, and I loved it.
0: It's incredible. And so tell us about, I mean, obviously you're a yogi as well, and um, I taught yoga as well for 15 years. So how different is the, the, the deep breathing that you practice, or the Wim Hof method, compared to, like, yoga pranayama? Uh,
1: yeah, it's very different. Very um, different, okay. Very different. It's a uh, hyperventilation. Hyperventilation, hyper means means fast or high or, or big. Right. Um, yeah, so it's a hyperventilation. Wim teachers he's not so fast. He will teach you to breathe through the mouth. Uh, Wim instructors sort of now teach... To breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. But right. Wim says any hole just breathe. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, anyway, absolutely. I won't, I, won't, I won't say exactly. <laughs> Wim just says breathe, motherfucker. Mother <laughs> He's like, yeah, he he gets people literally high. Just um, so you can get more oxygen breathing in through the mouth. But uh, as a yoga teacher, I like to instruct people to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, some of the yogis I teach it to find it a little bit aggressive. Yeah, right. Um, and then others just absolutely love it.
0: Well, I guess it's probably similar because I taught prenatal yoga for a long time as well. And I remember um, teaching the ladies that if, you know, when, when it comes to the, the pushing, um, you know, if you have to breathe in through your mouth or if you have to, you know, because with, with yoga, it's about breathing in into the belly and like a, yeah. like a baby breathes, you know, it's that belly breath. Um, but obviously, um, you know, we, we lose that. A lot of people forget how to breathe correctly. And, um, yeah, I remember teaching with prenatal yoga, we just used to say to some of the ladies, just breathe however you can, basically. If you're in that moment and you yeah. can't, you know, you, you lose track of how to control the breath, well, you've just got to breathe. And if it means that you're <laughs> breathing through the mouth or <laughs> breathing out through the mouth and not the nose, then you've, I guess you've just got to go with that, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, in my um, recent studies, I did a Pranayama teacher training not so long ago with Dr. Gaurav Malik. He, he's an Indian, um, I'm going to call him a guru. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, he studied yoga through university and has, you know, 15 years in um, his own yoga school. And, you know, he there was a lot of mouth breathing in these different pranayama techniques. Yes. And it was, you know, sort of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, and kind um, of goes you against know, what we he explains as I knew, you know, you can release, release um, emotion through the mouth. Yeah, right. You can laugh, you can you can do all these things through the mouth that you can't do through the nose. Yes. So it's yeah, it sort of it, it opened a little bit of the whim stuff back up to me.
0: Interesting.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Amazing. Um, and and
1: with the whim hot stuff and, and other different types of yoga breathing, you would have heard of trauma release and, Yes. Um, Absolutely. And when we're releasing through the mouth it gives us an opportunity to ah uh, you know, really? you know we did that lion breath practice. In yoga and you feel that release, that tension go, and that's quite often breathing, exhaling through the mouth.
0: Yes. Yep, exactly. Exactly. That's what I used to say to the pregnant ladies like if you need to let out a a swear word
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: let it through the mouth as you're exhaling, do what you're gonna do. So that's interesting. Let it go. Let Let it it go. Let it all out. Exactly. So so with, I mean, if we look at the animal kingdom and we look, about, look at the animals that live the longest, it's obviously the ones that move the slowest and breathe the slowest and eat the slowest. And when you look at creatures that have shorter lifespans, like rodents, for example, they move fast, they breathe fast, they eat fast, everything's fast – um, and obviously, as humans, you know, it's about finding that, I guess, happy medium or, or working with everybody's different, obviously. But what, in your experience, like what, how has the, the deep breathing or even um, what you do, like what you t- taught with the Wim Hof, how has that helped you with your exercise pursuits?
1: It's, um, you know, I have a lot of experience. You know, I've been sort of studying and training people on and off for years. So I, I knew it all, all this stuff intuitively. Yes. But in the last couple of years, I feel that everything um, is now or, or wants to be science based. All yes. the exercise is evidence based, and yes. everyone's c- quoting scientific studies. And if there's not a scientific study behind it, it's. Um, you know, anything. don't seem to take it, which I find a little bit frustrating. Yes. But, um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I never used to worry too much about it. I used to intuitively know if it was good for me or not. Yes. And I used to do it. But, um, yeah, these days there's a bit more science behind it. But intuitively I always knew as a lifeguard yes. remaining cool, calm, and collected uh, enabled me to act and perform perform better. better. Yes. Um, and and now, you know, that's. It, Almost common knowledge. People talking about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, where where we're going into fight or flight in right. that sympathetic nervous system, yes. um, where digestion switch off, switches off and we vasco so we can um, we can breathe better and we can run faster and we can do all, all that stuff. And um, yeah, it's sort of controlling controlling those mental states and keeping my breath down to remain calm, to literally. You know, we talked about it earlier, save someone's life or bring someone back to life.
0: Absolutely. Um, It's
1: important not to panic and being able to think clearly and breathe in those situations. And, um, you know, even when I take someone into the ice instantly, I see their breath go. Yes. And I know they're either going to jump out or or I've got to hold them down and get those shoulders away from their neck and get them to breathe a little bit deeper and slower. Wow. So, yeah, there's a, a lot to be said for. Breathing, or, um, yeah, deep breathing. slow and steady.
0: Slow and steady, wins, wins, the, wins race. the race, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, obviously, um, there's been some research on oxygen helping keep us youthful, you know, with oxygen therapy and hyperbaric chambers and all that, and, and also with killing cancer cells. Do you know much about that?
1: Uh, one of the recent courses I did was called The Oxygen Advantage with Patrick McEwan, right? And Patrick was an asthmatic as a child, and so was I. Right. Um, So, you know, I sort of. I remember reading that about you. I was always connected to as a child, is where my parents, I used to go, they used to take me swimming, which is possibly how I ended up as a lifeguard.
0: Yes. And
1: whenever I stopped swimming, my asthma would get worse. Right. And my ability to do all other sports would suffer. So I always. Wow. You know, I used to always used to stop doing swimming and then, you know, and then end up coming back to it and eventually developed a love for it because it gave me this. This basis and again you know I sort of start to understand with science now this intermittent hypoxic training hypoxic meaning low oxygen is yes. sort of when we when we um, improve our body's ability to buffer the buffer the carbon dioxide in the body which is in, improves our ability to exercise you know as an athlete if you want to run or swim um, you know when we um, when we can't break carbon dioxide down in the body it turns to lactic acid yes and forces us to stop. Yeah, so, yeah, right. it's just breathing slowly and not having too much oxygen in, in the blood, which releases the carbon dioxide through the lungs. Right. So, yeah, that, but as we know, um, you know, we, we train hard. We get our heart rate up, so eventually it goes down. So similar to the Wim Hof method, sometimes we, we, do, we, um, we load up our body with lots of oxygen um, so it can use less later.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And I know there's some places that do the altitude training as well to increase your, I guess it's about retraining the lungs really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it retrains the lungs and, um, yeah, it it teaches us to um, use less oxygen and and, and carry more carbon dioxide. So in in, in Patrick McEwan's work in The Oxygen Advantage, you know, he's sort of, he sort of think people see carbon dioxide as a, as a waste gas. Yeah, right. That but but carbon dioxide actually gives us the inclination to breathe. And, yes. And I know that during the Wim Hof, when we do the Wim Hof um, breathing society, people actually pass out because they breathe out a lot of CO2. Right. CO2 gets really low in the body. Um, yeah, so it's a CO2. That's why it's very important, you know, for people that are practicing the Wim Hof method and they, they haven't uh, been taught properly that they do it sort of. Um, in a very controlled place. You know, there was people doing it in cars and in the showers and there's people that do die from shallow water blackout. Um, and it's, yeah, it's that, um, that lack of um, carbon dioxide buildup in the blood and people just pass out. Now, this is very safe if you're lying down. Yes. But if you're underwater or driving a car, it can be, it can be. Um, Dangerous. Turn out awful.
0: Interesting. It's interesting you say that because I remember about the how you were saying. I mean, obviously, carbon dioxide promotes, it, it stimulates you to breathe. It triggers something in the body, right? So, when um, I had my children, so a long time ago now, so I've got a seventeen-year-old and a thirteen-year-old. But we use the co-parent, the co-sleeping. We use attachment parenting um, technique, and our baby slept with us and. Um, I remember, um, doing research on, you know, SIDS and all of that. And they, there was some research on if you sleep with your baby, there's less chance of that because when you're exhaling, that actually stimulates your baby to breathe because you're Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was an interesting, interesting fact, but yeah. So what about people who, who smoke or have smoked? I mean, obviously their lungs are compromised in some way. Can, can the lungs, I don't know that the lungs can be repaired as such, but can they be taught to breathe deeply? And have they got that capacity that, that people who haven't
1: smoked? Um, I Recently I had a guy come to one of my courses. Right. And he had, he only had one month. And he had been in and out of the medical system for 10 years. Right. And no one had ever taught him to breathe properly. Wow. And obviously he had sort of, you know, he had sort of, um, you know, discovered, we swim hop stuff and i, I think that's how he ended up at one of my courses but yeah he was amazed to to go through some diaphragmatic breathing to sort of get some lateral, lateral expansion of the rib cage yeah and uh, he did really well like his breath retentions were amazing um it was unnoticeable to me apart from you know my discussions with him that said he was in hospital um with lung disease for a long time and only had sort of half the lung capacity. So wow. um, he's a great example of um, of someone, yeah, that yeah, can right. improve their lung capacity.
0: It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I remember even like teaching beginners how to breathe in a, in a yoga class and most people would do the whole chest rising breath, you know, they breathe yeah. into their chest and lift the chest up, and it's like, how how do we not how do we lose that? What happens? Like it's almost like they need to teach it at schools how to breathe properly, you know. Back yeah, into that's
1: right. What well, they do?
0: Yeah, back into the belly and. Um, and teach people about the, the whole anatomy of the lungs and the diaphragm and the function of the diaphragm and pulling down to help the lungs suck in the air. And then as it retracts back up, it, you know, it helps you exhale kind of thing. But how do you think, I mean, with our lifestyle that most people live and our diets and our minds, how does that all impact the breath?
1: Well, yeah, it's so back to that stress response. When we get stressed and people are more and more stressed, and all stress isn't bad. As you know, but when we get stressed, we um, we breathe into the upper areas of the lungs and that can be a mouth breath is more linked to the upper area of the lungs. When we breathe through the nose, it's more linked to the diaphragm and the lower area of the lungs. And that's where we have more oxygen in those lower lobes just because of gravity. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's like this vicious cycle, I guess. We get stressed from sometimes seeing something on social media or, or an email or a phone call or, or driving the car. And um, yeah, we, we, we switch on that fight or flight response. And, you know, that switches off digestion. It makes us more alert. There's, you know, people, there's these all these blue lights that people are watching later in mm-hmm. night and, you know, sort of staying up late. And again, they're sort of getting stressed and they're not sleeping well. There's no recovery. So yeah, it's this vicious cycle of um, coming in and out of this fight or flight response. And um yeah, not doing the opposite, not activating the parasympathetic nervous system where we're sort of laying down and and breathing with our belly and letting our food digest and um yeah, getting into deeper states of sleep and getting to recover. So yeah, there's so many reasons why people are stressed these days. But um yeah, sort of phones and access and, and lights and twenty four hours and shift work and Exactly. Um, you know, having young kids. Is yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just being uh, on all the time. I think people are on being all the on time. All
1: the time. Yeah. I, you know, and I know myself like I you know, like I'm constantly on and doing stuff and preparing and studying and um yeah, it's a real challenge to to switch off, particularly because I enjoy what I do, but I always feel like there's something to do on managing websites and creating content on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and, yeah, yeah, it just doesn't stop. (laughs)
0: It's the life we live, isn't it,
1: And I I love it, but it's, yeah... um, yeah I know. Finding, you know, finding the balance, like everything, you know, we, we need to bring balance.
0: balance into it. It's so elusive. I'm the same as you. I mean, I absolutely love what I do as well, but my life is pretty itinerant and I travel a lot as well. But recently I found like a couple of weeks ago I was waking up in the morning with like heart palpitations, which I have never experienced in my life. And the first thing I noticed was that, you know, my heart was racing and my breath was so shallow. And I'm just so grateful for having um, understood, you know, the whole mind-body response to stress. And I came straight to my, you know, my yogic breathing and started trying to control it. But, yeah, I just think about people who don't have that knowledge and, you know, I'd love you to share, I mean, for, for people who are listening, I guess it's important to understand the anatomy of the lungs and if you think about like there, there's three lobes, is that right? Three lobes on the right side and two lobes on the left and there's only two lobes on the left side. Yeah, to that's, the heart. yeah
1: that's correct. Yeah, this, uh, the, the heart takes up a little bit of space on that left, left-hand left side of the lungs but the diaphragm sort of sits underneath the lungs and that separates the thoracic cab- cavity from our from our belly Yes. or abdominal cavity if we sort of want to get a bit more... Atomical.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anatomical. Right. So so with, so in that case, like have you got a quick breath that people can do if they have do suffer anxiety or heart palpitations or any type of stress situation that they might be in? Is there a quick little breath that you could teach us um, or teach people to do so that they could help control that?
1: Vicky, so, yeah, you know, it's different horses for different courses, so different things work for different people. But I really like to get, um, people, you know, for people that aren't breathing diaphragmatically or, or don't even know what that is. And it's it's tricky. So the best way, you know, and this is what I learned in yoga, actually. This is not a Wim Hof technique. It's the full yogic breathing in yoga and something you probably learned or, or did yourself. And it's, I just get them laying down, usually knees bent or maybe a bolster or a pillow under their knees. And that just keeps the hips, hips in a nice position so they don't pull the diaphragm out. And I get them to put both hands on their belly and so they get that feedback and I, I just get them to close their eyes and close their mouth and breathe in through the nose and when we breathe in we want that belly to expand laterally to the side and 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 down ways. So it's we're not just pushing the stomach out, although that is you know, we talked about that beautiful, watching a baby breathe, watching that beautiful belly breath that they do. But, yeah, getting well, some it's lateral expansion. Similar
0: to when you blow into and, a balloon, uh, it expands evenly, sides, front, sides and back, right? <laughs> so, and what about, I, mean, I remember also learning about um, at different times of the day that would either breathe through the left or the right nostril or both, depending on, was it the moon or the tide? or Is that is that correct? Um, yeah, so uh,
1: the... The moon does affect the ocean, right. um, the tide. As a lifeguard, I can tell you that the tides are very much affected by the moon. Um, and I, um, the females, uh, may be more aware of the the moon and their bodies. Than Absolutely. Males. Um, yeah. So as a male, I don't I don't feel the uh, feel the effects of the full moon as much as as much as a female. But, but who, who knows? There may be some males that do. But yeah, the, the, the gravitational pull of the moon, as as our bodies are sort of seventy or seventy percent water, or, or something around that, that that figure, it can affect our body um, more so than others. Yeah, but um, yeah, as in in terms of the nose blocking up, it's quite interesting that our our nose will block differently at different times. And um, and again, in this this uh, most recent sort of course that I did, the oxygen advantage, there's some really nice. Um, exercises to help clear the nasal passage and it just involves sort of breathing in and out through the nose and letting a little gas called nitric oxide build up and nitric oxide is a vasodilator; it means it opens up opens up the airway so for people at night this is a really handy exercise to do you know, for anyone who's ever had had a cold and had to breathe through their nose or, or breathe through their mouth all night, it's it's not the best night's sleep. You wake up really dry and um, yeah, there's there's not as much um, rebuilding and, and repair work done. So, at night. Nice.
0: Okay, so um, how do yeah, we do nasal that?
1: breathing is, is huge. So you breathe in in through the nose, out through the nose and you block your nose. Yes. And then you count to about five or ten, and it's really important to take the next breath in through the nose. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is one of your noses, nostrils blocked at the moment? Check them for no. me. No.
0: Hang on, I'll check for you.
1: No, they're both.
0: No, they're both open.
1: <laughs> both open. Oh, well, it's not going to work. But, yeah, five or six times um, of doing this, and, it, you know, it generally always improves people in people's airways. Um Patrick McEwan, the author of The Oxygen Advantage, he, he reckons he's treated six or 7,000 people and in that time there's only sort of 10 to 15 that he's had to refer on to an ENT, an endosin throat doctor, for um, the surgery. Nitric oxide.
0: Nitric o- oxide. So, I mean, what about with Nadi Shodhana, like, well, the alternate nostril breath? That's kind of, I guess that opens up. Both sides, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: exactly. There's, there's definitely probably some, um, exactly some of the exercise that we just talked about in Nadi Shodhana because you're breathing in through one nostril and out through the other and then back in, um, you know, in pranayama, there's um, there's sort of holding the bandhas and holding holding the breath. Um, yeah, there's another another alternate nostril breathing called analoma voloma, which is more of a... Uh, a um a prep for for honey arm where where you've sort of done the starter class where it's there's less breath holds and we're we're breathing in one nose and out the other and again yeah great exercises love them um set to balanced body and mind and um and different sides of the um of the airway i really love doing a bit of alternate nostril breathing into kabbalabati that is sort of my new little favorite at the moment. I know I did it this morning.
0: Nice. Um,
1: yeah. And it was just really, yeah, I feel it really just settles me, settles me down. And in the Kabbalah Bharti at the end, it, you know, there's a, uh, there's a breath hold in it.
0: Yeah. So right. the back.
1: body goes a little bit hypoxic. Yeah. And then, but yeah, there's a little element of, um, you know, I feel there's a little element of, or influence from the Wim Hof method. So I really, cause I practiced Wim Hof method every day for years. And, mm-hmm. um, I, something I still love to practice, but I, I, I do love exploring and playing a little bit with different techni- other techniques at the moment. So,
0: so tell us about your what, what the practice that you partake in.
1: Yeah, so the so yeah, I, I um yeah, I became interested in the Wim Hof method. I bought the online course. I I realised, you know, as a yoga teacher, that I started doing yoga because I had tight and I couldn't touch my toes. Yes, <laughs> but it was the breath that actually sort of kept me coming back. To, to yoga. Right. And it was the Wim Hof method is, you know, there's three pillars for the Wim Hof method. The the breathing component, the um the cold therapy component, which I'd already explored when my toes got ripped off. Yes. And and the breathing method makes it easier to do the the cold component. So I, I think I think I remember doing some of this pre- prenatal yoga with my with my wife at the yes, time, yes. we we um, we did some we held some ice cubes yes, and then we did some breathing exercises while we were holding ice cubes and we sort of noticed the difference. I don't know if, if that was ever one of the ones that you did or you no. taught, but I do remember doing that. So um, yeah, when we breathe, we um, breathe deeply, we switch off the pain receptors or relax the yeah,
0: pain right. receptors
1: in our body and that enables us to, to get into the cold much easier than if we were just... To jump in the, jump in the cold alone.
0: Interesting. Without doing
1: some breath work to prepare.
0: Well, I guess it's similar to opposite though. The fire walking, similar thing, right? It's yeah. like controlling. Same thing. The mind yeah. and the breath. So uh, what are the three pillars? So it's the breathing, the ice, and
1: and uh, it's like a willpower, a determination, commitment. Yeah. Awesome. Um Yeah. So it's yeah it's, the, it's and you know having the having the commitment to do the first two is actually doing all three really because. Um, you know some days it's a, you you can't be asked and it's yeah, it's, it's forcing yourself to do it yep. and uh, not forcing yourself but um are yeah, having the motivation to do yeah. it and then other days it's um it's a little bit easier
0: and what about the wim hof meditation technique
1: so yeah after after the breath work you become quite high and relaxed there's a lot of a lot of extra prana in the body there's lots of um lots of chi there's lots of Different chemical reactions and you know although there is a lot of awesome science behind the Wim Hof method I don't think we can explain it at all yeah right um yeah, yeah. so yeah I, something magical happens and you become quite um and it happens quite quickly so people that meditate it can take them years to, to get this experience this glow this this feeling where they're in meditation but people doing the Wim Hof method seem to get there you know, in sort of 10 or 15 minutes. So um, the results are rather immediate. You know, I've had sort of meditation gurus come and do my courses and they they say it feels like they've been meditating all weekend. Um, So, yeah, they're quite amazed um, how quickly they can access that part of the the mind. I think um, meditation um, opens the, the blood flow to the sort of creative part of the brain like that prefrontal cortex yes. where we're more creative and more we use our imagination and we're you know we're, where all the magic happens basically
0: amazing well it's so important isn't it because i mean the mind is so cluttered and i remember you know even you've got to clear out make way you've got to let go of things that are no longer serving you mentally to allow space yeah. for creativity don't you and that's where meditation well, that's is so a, vital
1: yeah that is, that is the goal of meditation right it's a sort of clear way yeah. clear way for the magic to happen
0: (laughs) exactly Um, exactly and
1: it's uh, it's tricky it's hard isn't it because you know we're so focused on doing stuff and in meditation we're sort of trying to do something so other stuff will happen but you can't will it to happen you sort of got to meditate with less intensity
0: yes exactly so what so what practices do you partake in to assist with your longevity plan
1: Oh, Vicky, I do a little bit of everything.
0: <laughs> Good. I want to know what you do.
1: Um, oh, um, I'm super passionate about organic food. Yes. And you know, um, whole foods. Um, you know, quite interested to see. Have you heard much about the carnivore diet?
0: Yes. So is it you similar haven't? to the O type? O type diet. No, no. The
1: car- carnivore diet is. There's a doctor in the US, Dr. Sean Baker, where he eats just meat, oh. just red meat. Okay. Um, and so he started doing it as an experiment Yes. and he took all his bloods and everything improved. Wow. Um, yeah. So he started doing it a couple of years ago for a month as a, as a bit of a joke and he took all his bloods and all his markers and he did all this stuff and everything improved in the month. It's taking caveman down to
0: the next level, isn't
1: it? (laughs) Yeah, taking and, and I'm not advocating this diet or suggesting people will do it, but um, you know, I, I see people on the very other end of the spectrum on vegan diets as well doing really well. So, um yeah, somewhere in this whole food diet I think I think there is uh, there is magic. So it's just sort of cutting out processed food and and um and doing doing well. I love a bit of gratitude practice, particularly when I get down or depressed or frustrated. Um, you know, the simple practice of jotting down what I'm grateful for. You know, I teach yoga, right? I love to lift weights. I love to get in the ocean, in nature. Um, yeah, I love spending time with family and friends. Um, uh, you know, ball sports, um, playing tennis with my mates is, is also fun. Um, yeah, what, what don't I do to influence my health is, is maybe a better question because I guess... Um, yeah, it's it's always in the background of my mind. Yeah, I had some health issues many years ago where I lost my health. So um, to say to say um, I was a little bit obsessed would would have been an understatement at some stage, which is unhealthy in itself. So um, yeah, I've found a little bit more balance. And but yeah. Um, yeah.
0: When you say you lost your health, were you did something happen, or was it did you? you yeah.
1: A so I think it was 2005 or 2006. I was at the football, and I was watching the football, and someone ran ran up and King hit me and knocked my forefront teeth out, um, knocked me unconscious. I rolled down four or five flights of stairs. I woke up with someone on by uh, someone sort of punching and attacking me and I could taste the blood and my teeth bent backwards in my mouth. Um, yeah, it was quite, um probably the worst thing that ever happened to me, Vicky. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot from that. Um, it sent me in a direction. I probably wouldn't be here right now talking to you if that didn't happen because it changed the whole direction of my life and, um, you know, I met different people from it and... Um, yeah, in a strange way, you, you actually you learn and become grateful for for everything All in your life, and yeah. even this thing that is one of the worst things that ever happened to me. I I um I'm grateful for it. You know, I, I had to use it and 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 learn and learn from it.
0: Turn it into a positive, exactly.
1: Turn it into a positive. So for me, yeah, it, I lost my health. I was sort of post-traumatic stress disorder. I was depressed. I had um. I had dermatitis. I used to scratch myself to I bled. You know, I had all these problems that I'd never had before. Post post the assault, and it was yeah. There was a whole whole lot of learning, which I guess I'm sort of been sort of banging on about all all podcasts. A whole lot yeah. of learning that yeah. I've gone through um, since then, and you know I value my health from that. And I think it's when you lose something that you um, put a little bit more value on it. So yeah, that's why. Um, you know, some of my friends know me. It's a little bit quirky and a little bit of a pain in the arse. And
0: <laughs> I've been right. banging
1: on about being gluten-free and stuff but since before it was cool. <sighs> you um, sound like me. I remember back in the day I used to drink coconut. And, yeah. you know, people used to look at me like I had two friggin' heads. <laughs> and now you can buy <laughs> coconut water everywhere.
0: Uh, you said like the trend, it, you know,
1: if, if only I monetised some of these things, I yeah. would be... Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, you
0: know,
1: we could start a group.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what about – so as far as a longevity plan, like is there something that you do daily? Is it obviously the exercise and your diet and the mindfulness and all of that? Is there anything else that you – or what are you, what, what, let's go to your top three tips then. What are your top three tips to promote longevity?
1: We touched on it before. Like what, what you put in your mouth is probably one of the greatest ways you can influence your health. Yes. Um, so, yeah, eating eating whole foods slowly and mindfully, um, you know, being grateful um, yeah. and, and sort of finding what you love to do. Um, yes. Again, it's, it's been another big one for me. Um, finding
0: something you're passionate about. What um, else? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Well, um, they're important things, aren't they? You know, you see so many people uh, yeah, go they, through the they, motions of just doing a job and not feeling fulfilled, and it's soul draining. It's just, you know, it's not fulfilling in any way. And yeah,
1: yeah. and in ter- yeah, so I guess finally, in, in terms of working with other people or trying to help people, um, a don't be afraid to get help. Yes. You know, the best, you know, world number one tennis player best golfers in the world, they all have coaches. Yes. Um, so yeah, and and you know, I sort of when I'm coaching someone or, or trying to help someone, it's not always the breathing that helps them. But it, it may be it may be their diet. So I'm looking for like that low low piece of hanging fruit you know I'm looking for the easy option where I can and maybe their sleep pattern they might be up to midnight watching Netflix but they might be eating really well and yes. training like a boss and it's like well hang on let's go to bed two, two hours earlier and uh, see what happens yeah. and hey all of a sudden things start to improve they start to lose weight they start to feel better yeah so it's, it's looking for simplicity in their life which Absolutely. may be breathing better it may be eating better uh, maybe drinking more water it may be
0: and it's not um, that hard, is more it? Food. It's not
1: hard to make those well, changes. It, uh, you know, it, it, it isn't, it isn't. You know, buying, buying health food, I, I bet you know it's expensive. Yeah. And buying takeaway food is cheap. So it's, yes. And then you've got to go home and cook it. And then the part yeah. that I dislike is cleaning up. Yeah. I don't mind shopping <laughs> and cooking, it's just cleaning up. Yeah. Just, <laughs> You're yeah.
0: not alone there, I'm sure.
1: But if you've, you know, been at work all day, sort of, yeah, trying to get that fresh veg from the farmer's markets and um, grass-fed animal, you know, meat.
0: Well, I guess it's just doing what you can when you can, however you can. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think it it overwhelms people. So, yeah, I I guess baby steps, you know, doing a little bit here and a little bit there is, is where you need to start, and Absolutely. and be uh, and be grateful that you're on the journey.
0: Absolutely, it's been wonderful chatting to you, Dean. Thank you for enlightening us about the power of the breath. And yeah, I love. I mean, it's, I I do really miss yoga. So it's um, you've actually inspired me to get back to even just pranayama on a daily basis for myself. So thank you so yeah. much.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit of breathing and a little bit of home practice. We've yes, all got 15 minutes. Couple of, couple of salutes would be amazing.
0: Yes, exactly. We all need it. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. My
1: absolute pleasure.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow me on our YouTube channel, One Body, One Life, to see more inspirational videos to help you reach optimal wellness and longevity. But until next time, don't forget, you've got to nourish to flourish.